Welcome to the Pope on the Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 289 of the podcast. We haven't done the podcast in a while. Uh, I was dealing with a uh, the coronavirus re-entering my house, also depression. Eris... So now you're not just interrupting story times, Kat. You're also interrupting uh, podcasts. That's exciting. So that's you want to say hi to everybody, Kat? No? Okay. Eris? Kat? No? But now we're back and we're doing the podcast and I'm very excited to be here. Hi, Bunny. How are you doing? You doing good? Very excited. Pretty good, pretty good. Except I had, I wound up having to watch this movie four fucking times. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. But and okay, it never got so, better. Never. Yeah. No. So so let's get to it. Uh, fun fact: because of the. Uh, because we haven't done this podcast in a while, just a FYI, uh, I wrote this like three weeks ago. So, okay. how's everybody doing, man? Uh, good, good, good. Uh, so, Amber's boyfriend tested positive for the coronavirus right after Amber had spent the night there. So, we isolated her. And she took she she went and got a test and she tested positive. And so she's been quarantining in the room. And and so we just sort of assumed that if because of our small house, that if one person got the coronavirus, we all got the coronavirus. So we all got tested, not the two youngest, but the rest of us got tested. We all tested negative. So the way that I see it is that is that, you know, uh, it's like, oh no, we might get the coronavirus a second time, but the antibodies in our and the the white blood cells are like, oh no, we got you. You guys aren't going to get the coronavirus, and we're like, are you sure, white blood cells? And they're like, no, we got this. I mean, as long as you're not swapping spit with someone who has the coronavirus, you guys should be okay. And that's why Amber got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. but but no, we're we're all fine. And then good, and then uh. Good. Yeah. So, so we're all good. It was a real scare. Cause we just, there was like 24 or 48 hours where we all just assume like, well, we've got it again. We've all got it again. This is going to be the worst thing in the world, but no, it was just, it's just one child. And it's, it, I, I I'm dealing with a lot of guilt having one of my children locked up. <laughs> yes. Disney moms do it. You know, the do, ones that do are her, well. Do you have her like chained to a radiator? Yeah. No, those are the stepmoms. Stepmoms, thank you. I don't know how Disney stepmoms do it. Yeah. No, we constructed a tower, so we figured, if you know, let's if we're gonna do this, let's just do it. You know. No, the CDC recommendation, the CDC guidelines, is that you you got to chain her to a radiator. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have a radiator, so, you know, it, it's something we're working on. You do have to provide a bowl for water. Yeah. But well, yeah, that's, that's about it. And a piss bucket. <laughs> okay, so let's do this. Act one. Yes. I have what I think is a really great tip-top idea for an animation. Now, I'm not saying, hey, buddy. Oh, God damn it. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. I'm not saying, hey, bunny, you can animate my idea. Go and do it. Animate my idea. Because I'm not a, I'm not a fucking asshole. I may be an asshole, but I'm not a fucking asshole. So I'm just going to take some time here at the beginning of the show to record my idea, to record the audio, and plant it right here on the podcast. And whatever you plan to do or not do with that audio, that's up to you. Okay? Okay. So here we go. Do 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 to Dora. Do 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 to Dora. Do 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 to Dora. Right wing Dora. Hello. I'm Dora. Dora Smith. I'm different than Dora the Explorer because I am God's color. White. This is my sidekick, Bunny the Rabbit. Say hello, Bunny. Yeah, what do you want? Dora the Explorer has a monkey sidekick, but not me, because I come from Kentucky and not a shithole country. (laughs) Kids, can you count to 11? Well... How about counting to 11 million? Can you do that? Because that's how much Trump beat Biden in the 2020 election. But the Dominion voting machines were rigged by Hugo Chavez and the Zionists and the Chinese government to take down the God-fearing votes of, this, of, of the 90 million people, the 90 million Christian Americans who voted for Donald Trump. <clears throat> Kids, let's go for a walk. Look up in the sky. Do you see a star? No. You don't, because stars aren't real. They're just a deep state psyop that's designed to control you. Who is trying to control you? Just follow the money. Just follow the money trail. We're talking uh, Bill Gates. We're talking George Soros. We're talking uh, Hillary Clinton, MTV's Dan Cortez, uh, uh, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Uh, other Jewish people. They are trying to mind control you. That's why the masks are there. That's not helping anybody. It's all a conspiracy. A conspiracy to implant chips into your bloodstream so they can know where you are. Dora! 
I don't have an ending. That, that's that's the that's the ending I have. Dora, I think it's a good idea. But I, I, I'm 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 already plotting it out in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Watch out for the Jewish space lasers. Move to the left. Now move to the right. Now move even farther right. Move right again. Move right even farther. Alienate the edge of the world. Yeah. Anyway, I I just came up with that. I might have been high, but I thought it was a good idea. I, I like it. I like it. I'm I, I am already piecing it together in my head. Okay, good. I was hoping you'd like it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay, so cut on that because I don't have an ending. So cut on that, buddy. Yes. I want to do a little bit of uh, wrestling news for you. Okay. Okay. Because there's a story out here, and uh, it, it it kind of went under the radar unless you really follow wrestling news, and, and I, I think it's 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 a bit of a crazy story. So, the WWE Network is a subscription-based streaming service that launched in February of 2014, and it's done. Eh. It's done okay. It currently has 2.1 million subscribers, which is pretty good. It's pretty fine. Netflix has 200 million, but hey, 2.1 is just fine, WWE. 2.1 is just fine. Yeah. This wasn't a mistake at all to put all of your chips on this. So uh, uh, the news, which... uh, happened a few weeks ago is that the WWE network, as we now know, it is going bye-bye because on March 18th, the entirety of the WWE network subscription service in the United States will be the exclusive rights of NBC's Peacock streaming service. Oh God. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. 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 We're doomed. NBC bought the rights to the WWE library for the entirety of the WWE library for five years for a whopping one billion dollars. Yeah. And it's happening just a few days before WrestleMania 36. So uh, for those wrestling fans that might be listening to this, if you want to watch WrestleMania 36, you will have to pay for Roy Schneider's Sequest DSV. (laughs) And so so just FYI, if you want to watch WrestleMania 36, I hope you're ready for two seasons of the Jeff Foxworthy show. Yes. Hooray! Hell in a cell? Here. I'd I'd like to think that that, uh, I don't know the Peacock streaming service, but I'd like to think that it's like Netflix, you know, where uh, you just finished watching Hell in a Cell 2017. Here is an episode of Punky Brewster. Yeah. You know? Like, it barely left us 
and cable is back already. You know? Yeah. Because you could see yeah. where this is going. Like, sooner or later, they're going to start talking to each other, and it's going to be like, okay, so CBS teams up with Netflix, and then NBC Peacock grabs Amazon Prime, you know? Yeah. One of them takes the wrestling, you know? And now we have to buy our streaming channels in fucking packages again. Yeah. I And I feel that all of this could have been avoided if cable channels just let us pick and choose what, God, what, what freaking channels we wanted. That's all I've ever wanted, you know? Yeah. Was that just... Just let me just let me pay for AMC Nickelodeon Cartoon Network. You know, I, yeah. I don't need every cable channel. Just give me some cable channels and that will be fine. But no. So thanks, cable. Hey, you just watched Mark Henry get a blowjob from a trans woman on WWE Raw. Here's four seasons of Ernest Borgnine in Airwolf. Yes. <laughs> so I'm all right with this because um, every time that I saw the big show wrestling in the WWE, I thought, wouldn't it be better if he had an acoustic guitar and was singing Smelly Cat? Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. What a great whenever whenever the big show came out to wrestle in the WWE for me, that's when I would check out was what was going on on WCW. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hooray! Hooray! hooray. WWE is now on NBC. What a totally not mismatched pairing. Yes, not at all. Yeah, I'm sure this will work out fine. Uh, it, it, uh, and cut on that segment. Uh, I was going to work on another. I, I was going to put another segment here, but I decided not to. I'm just going to talk through it. I don't have anything written in stone right now, but um, Oklahoma is doing this hilarious thing that Oklahoma is now trying to return a ridiculous amount. Uh, apparently, while for the last year that America has been fighting the coronavirus, the state of Oklahoma purchased a $2 million stockpile of hydroxychloroquine. Nice. Because the president is like, oh, this, what do you have to lose? Hey, hydroxychloroquine. I know it's an anti-malaria drug, but hey, maybe it works for the coronavirus. So the our, so Oklahoma's uh, Republican supporting governor just said, let's buy as much hydroxychloroquine as we can. So he spent $2 million of the state's money and purchased a massive stockpile of hydroxychloroquine. And now he's like trying to 
return it. And it's like, you can't re- yeah. return malaria drugs. Yeah. Like, oh, but I've got the receipt. I've got the receipt right here. Yeah, he's trying to return drugs. And it's really sad. It's really sad. Welcome to Oklahoma. Hooray. So Oklahoma really just has to, like, rebrand itself as the tropical fish state. And then then they'll sell the hydrochloroquine to Oklahomans to use in their fish tank as God intended. As God intended, yes. Yeah. Okay, next... Hi, can I help you? Oh yeah, I'd like to return this uh, this two million dollars of hydroxychloroquine. I have the receipt. Could I get my two million dollars back, uh, sir? This is a Wendy's. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. Go to Kohl's. Yeah. Amazon returns at Kohl's. Go return it there. Ooh, I can see the snow's coming down. Yeah. Yeah. How did, o- how did Oklahoma become the tropical fish state? We don't well, like to talk um, about that. <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the idea of our stupid-ass state trying to return an anti-malaria drug because the pre- our, our former president was a dumbass. Yeah. I love that so much. That says so much about our state and the state of the Republican Party and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, uh, that's a little mini spur of the moment segment. So cut on that. Yes. We still have a show to get to. We have Bunny Versus. We have a, a Shap that 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 I'm I'm really proud of. And we've got a movie to discuss that just FYI. I wrote all of it while I was really high and drunk in a hotel room. And it's the only uh, way to do it, man. I I wish I did it that way. Yeah. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I didn't ask you, Maxwell, if we should take a break. I asked Bunny. Okay. More lip like that and you're sleeping outside. Is he directing? I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I got a flash in my head of Maxwell in a white button-down shirt with big khaki saddle pants and a beret yep. with a megaphone. Uh, Maxwell is just... Uh, on film. Maxwell's just backseat podcasting. <laughs> Like he likes to do. Happy Valentine's Day, Bella. But but uh, should we take a break, Bunny? We should take a break. Yes, I concur. We will be right back with more of the Poop on Film after this. Oh right, I got to do that thing. Yeah, that's why I'm doing the hands. Yeah, because you always you close the thing. Gotta grab that audio first. Do 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 do. 
you got to do when you clean the box and make it fast? That's when nature calls me. I'm talking about number two. I'm leaving my mind behind the matriarch. It's a work of art, super stinky too. I don't got no idea why it gets me off so much. I love using the sandbox too. I like to use a cat box, cat box. these posts in the rants and raves section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it, I, I guess it's just justifying my beliefs. People are horrible. The headline is USA and Mexico. God, okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to keep a positive attitude towards this. I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican... And the relative brought up Trump and the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go, baby. Build that beautiful wall. So happy to be a brown-skinned individual. In the Bible Belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. It's like, man, they make sure to put their sights on me first. It's like I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm going to get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. I need I need to go whiteface if I'm gonna live here any longer. Really excited about that. Hey,
the future. The Chinatown Road will medicalize a catamaran. Birds in the machine and solitary. Ravishing and killing every survivor they can find. So, I wrote a song I'm going to be playing for you guys. Uh, I, I haven't finished the song yet. I haven't finished it yet. It's a work in progress. But I, I think I have enough that I can play it for you here. Uh, it's a good song. So far, I, it's pretty good. Uh, please be nice in the comments. Please be nice. You know, because it, you know, it's not 100% done yet. It's a work in progress. If you guys could just, you know, be nice, you know, I would appreciate that. So uh, here you go. This is, this is what I've got so far. I call it unrequited petals of tomorrow's yesterday. That's what I call it. And uh, uh, this is this is how it goes. <clears throat> Oh, I think that's all I got so far, and um, I think it's a good beginning. I think it's I think it's a good start. And uh, if you have if you have any if you have any requests, uh, you know, let me know. And uh, yeah, talk to you later. Yes, Lord. Is, is, is that you, Lord? Yes, Lord, I understand. Kill the infidels. Kill the infidels. Yes, my Lord, I will obey as soon as I get out of here.
anybody want a peanut? Come back next week, and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. <coughs> Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of the Pope of uh, everyone's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready and raring to go? Are you ready to do it, Bunny? Are you ready to conquer those fears? Take that hill. Are you ready, Bunny? Are you ready? I am ready. Good. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Yes, I was late, but I have a really good excuse and a note from my mom. Okay. Okay, let's hear it. Let's well, hear it. First, yes, I'm I'm really stoned. Like that's a given. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anybody who's listened to at least even one episode of this show knows that's a given. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But so on break, I go and I have a cigarette. And since we started streaming, I'll like bring my phone or my tablet or something. And I'll watch the break. Because yeah. then I know, I mean, even with the delay, I know when it's time to get back in. Except this time I'm really high and I just got really into watching the break. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So I was watching Andre the Giant and uh, I was like, fuck, that means I have, I, I'm late. <laughs> nice. So, so I had a good excuse. Yeah, that's, I'm all right with that. <laughs> Uh, 
but I've been talking to Liz again, and um, she wanted to use. She's doing a show Saturday nights at. Well, it's like ten o'clock my time. She's in Australia. It's like sometime in the afternoon there. But it's called the Cocktail Hour, and she's been streaming that. And she has a few different characters that she does, uh, and she wanted them to interview Bob. Nice. So, so she got in touch with me, and she was like, "You know, do you mind if I use any of your any of your Bob stuff?" And I was like, "You can use any, you know, like like." You're a co-conspirator. <laughs> you can use whatever you want, you know? So yeah. she's going to grab Bob and cut him up. And, and it actually ran last night, but I didn't see it yet. So cool. I'm curious to see what she's done with it. And then because of that, I grabbed some stuff off of her because I'm really, I, I, well, I was really kind of short on stuff for more of the breaks, you know? Yeah. Uh, so now I've got Liz's stuff. I grabbed some of your story times. Cool. Uh, anything that hovers around five minutes is what I'm looking for. Okay. <clears throat> and then I also talked to my friend Tim Caldwell, who does a lot with OSI 74. Um, and I grabbed some of his bits. I haven't used any yet, but he's got just some funny stuff. But getting that, getting things that are like around five minutes, you know, like five minutes or less, so that I can get a lot of stuff in, a lot of funny little bits, you know? Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like everybody's average, like mine, yours, everybody is about 10 minutes, give or take. Yep. You know, yep. So, but I think I have enough now where I can get the first break time show, the reemergence of the Pope, the Pope's hyperactive fun time show. Yeah. Up to thirteen episodes. So, like, as far as nice. I'm concerned, that's a complete season. Yeah. You know. So. That's that. I'm really interested in doing something with Dora because that looks like, like I wanted to get back into that, that like kind of style of animation. Yeah, a little bit, just to knock off things like that, like Dora. So that's been running through my mind. I'm gonna have to listen to that like immediately after the show. Uh, and. And and we missed a couple of days because this film is just that fucking bad. That yes, yeah, it's pretty bad. This is it's the first bad. movie that we have ever seen that took us two weeks to recover from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But now that spawned an idea. I was like, you know, so I was sitting here like last Sunday and it got too late by the time I thought of it. But it was like, you know, I should just run a movie. That's I should just stream out a movie. Yeah. And of course, it gets complex from there. 
as it always does. Because I was like, well, if I'm streaming the movie, I can, I can like just, you know, make it look nice with a couple of pictures, you know, something like that. And then I could take the movie and I could just cut some breaks into it, you know, and I could yeah. do a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know, just like actually host the movie. Why am I playing this particular movie? That kind of thing. Yeah. And then I was like, well, why doesn't Dabney do that instead? <laughs> so now I have 13 movies all picked out. <laughs> And they're cut up. I just have to do some write-ups on them and do some animation for Dabney. And then we will have movies to roll out. They've got to be movies that... Here's the criteria. So I have a 13-episode season that I can do of that. It has to be a movie that I can get away with showing, obviously. And one that we've covered on the Pope on film. So, <clears throat> okay. So, how you been doing while I look for the movies? Um, good. It's interesting that you say that because I just a few days ago uh, edited together a double feature. Yeah, we haven't uh, done one of those in a really long time. Yeah, it, it in. Interesting that you mentioned that. So um, I've I've got a, a my my wallpaper on my computer rotates. I've got this folder of like two thousand different images, and every five minutes it puts a different background. And I would say about one fifth of the backgrounds for my computer are old movie posters that I just yeah. really like or whatever. And one of them was a double feature of um, the uh, what's, what's the name of it? Uh, most people in America now know it as the film eyes without a face. Oh, here it is. Uh, the Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus. Okay. And it was as a double feature with the Manster. And I said to myself, well, I, I don't know the Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus, but I love the Manster. And I was thinking like, oh, that must have been really fun to see as a double feature back in the day in like the early 60s. So then I thought, well, let me see if I can find the Manster. Let me find. And then I found that really quickly. And then I was like, okay, well, I found that. Let me try and find the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. And then I saw, oh, wait, um, the original title was Eyes Without a Face. And then it, it was cut up and dubbed in 1962. It came out in, in France in 1960 as Eyes Without a Face. And then it was released in 1962 as the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. And that's the title that it was 
that it had when it was on a double feature with the Manster. But since then in America, most of the copies that you can find are eyes without a face and not the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. But then I found a good copy of the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus, as opposed to eyes without a face. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it together. And so I, I, I edited together a double feature and it has previews beforehand and, and, uh, and then it has an intermission and then it has an ending and I've been watching it for a couple of days and I'm having a whole bunch of fun with it. Well, why don't we just pick a time and stream it? I mean, like there's zero work to that, especially if you've got the whole thing edited where there aren't going to be like any kind of host segments or anything like that. (laughs) Like we'll just pick a time. I'll start the stream and go back to whatever I was doing or watch it. Yeah. You know, yeah that that's a that's a good idea because yeah I've got the whole thing here. I'm actually uh I'm actually gonna edit it a little bit because uh like eyes without a face that movie is all over the place and there's really good copies. I found a decent copy of the horror chamber of Doctor Faustus, but since they're both the same movie, I think I'm going to keep the title of the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. And then after the titles just splice in a really good copy of eyes without a face. Yeah. Since it's the same movie, but yeah, no, I pretty much have the entire thing here. So, so that's, so that's something. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, the entire family has been quarantining because someone in the house has the coronavirus. So yes. that's not fun. And then and then by Tuesday we should be able to get out of the house if we can open our door because of the snow mageddon that's coming. Yes. It's difficult because some of the news people are literally apocalyptic about the news, uh, about the weather forecasts. Some news people are like, we're going to get eight to 18 inches of snow in some parts of Oklahoma. They're going to get 20, 22 inches. You are going to be locked in your homes. There might not be power. There might not be water. You need to prepare yourself. You need to get a gun. You need to decide now who you are going to eat and win. You need to prepare fashion weapons. Like, like the weathermen are just really panicking. And then some of the other weathermen are like, okay, we're not going to get 18 inches of snow but we are going to get about 12 inches and you will be locked in your house so get food now so like walmarts are battle zones walmarts in oklahoma haven't looked this bad since the quarantine started yeah so it's it's kind of funny that you say that because like you know having grown up uh on the edge of nuclear holocaust my whole life you know mm-hmm. i i kind of do that wherever i go wherever i go i just like look at the crowd and be like okay i think i can convince everybody to eat that guy in the case of an emergency yeah you know because it's not just who you who are you going to eat like who can you sell to the crowd you know yeah well, I think we'll be well. We we are stocked to to the gills with food right now. 
Yeah. With food, with water, with supplies, with, you know, I've got a, a flashlight, we've got candles, we've got bottled water. We are 100% prepared for whatever might happen. Also, knowing fully well that this is Oklahoma and like you just cannot predict the weather in Oklahoma and more than likely nothing will happen. But if something does happen, we're prepared. So there's that. So it's weird that like, oh, hey, we'll all be able to leave the house on Tuesday if there's something to go to. Yeah. Uh, That might have been the storm or possibly animals because I didn't do that. It was close. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 that's fun. Yeah. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's hard to sell how bad the snowstorm is when when it's a pandemic and we're not really going anywhere anyway. Yeah. Oh, are you okay, Eleanor? You okay? You really biffed. You really just fell. That that was like a that was like the sound effect of Rocky Balboa punching a slab of meat. You hurt your knees a little. Okay, but you're fine. Yeah, so I need to make some decisions soon because AMC is still saying, hey, we've paused everyone's AMC A-list memberships. We've paused it for you because we're not going to charge for three movies a week for $20 a month. We're not going to do that to you. But we are restarting all of the A-lists on March 1st. So if you haven't restarted it by March 1st, we're going to restart it for you. So I think I might just... So I think um, I'm going to wait until right before March 1st, but if they don't, I'm hoping that they still push it back because so many states have... All of their movie theaters are closed. and, And... Movie theaters here are open, but they're just showing shit because there's nothing out. Like, no. risk my life to go see Monster Hunter and Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> so I'm going to wait and hope that they push that March 1st back a few months. But if they don't, I'm just going to cancel it. The thing that sucks about canceling the AMC A-list membership is that, number one, you can't restart it again for another six months. Yeah. And two, right now, I've got, like, grandfathered in $19.95 a month. So, like, six months from now, if I try and get it again, it might be $24, $25, $29.95. And there might be restrictions on it. But also, nothing will be out on March 1st. Yeah. You know? And then, but at the the same time, you know, I I mean, they're hurting. AMC is fucking hurting. AMC may not make it through this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I know what happens if you're in a contract with them and they go under. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to try to hold you liable for like the whole subscription or some shit? I don't know. I don't know. But then, but then uh, they've been releasing all of these really old movies. And, and so 
I, I got excited because it's like I almost went to the movies in the beginning of the month because they were showing Groundhog Day. And it's yeah. like, I'll go see Groundhog Day in theaters on Groundhog Day. Like, that's that's good for me. Yeah. But the really good older movies are playing in big cities that yeah. are like like if they're showing aliens and they're showing back to the future and they're showing knives out and they're showing blade runner and i can go see those movies if i want to drive an hour and a half yeah. but i i'm gonna drive an hour and a half to sit in the theater with a bunch of strange douchebags who probably are anti-maskers yeah exactly they're hardly showing any old movies here in town. This week, they're showing The Notebook. I'm not going to risk my life yeah. for Ryan Gosling. So the I only... would say, I would say, like, yeah. hold the pause for as long as they'll let you, okay? Mm-hmm. So that if anything changes or anything like that, you do still have it. But if it's like use it or lose it, lose it. Because by the yeah. time it's really safe to go out there again, and by this time Hollywood starts cranking out some good movies worth going to a theater again, we'll be fully communist by then, and movies will be free. Word! You know? Yeah. Yeah, so, I am absolutely fine with that. I think the odds are in your favor. Yeah. So the movies I have picked out for Dabney in no particular order are A Bucket of Blood, Begotten. I think Dabney can have some fun with Begotten, but I was kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel to get 13. Uh, Brain Candy. Yeah. Creation of the Humanoids. Okay. Which is probably going to be the first yes. I do because just because it's my favorite. Doctor Strange, nineteen seventy-eight. Yep. Glenn or Glenda? Yes. Haxon. Woo. Manos, the hands Haxon. of fate. Yeah. Manos, get that, get that HD one. Yes. Good stuff. March of the Wooden Soldiers. Night of the Living Dead. Plan everybody's got to do Night yeah. of the Living Dead by law, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, we would have to check with Miss Lobo about that, but I, I think by law, it, you know, if you're going to host movies, you yeah. have to do Night of the Living Dead. Uh, plan nine from one hundred percent. Plan nine from Outer Space, Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny, and after yes. much much searching. The Death of Richie. Nice. Nice. Richie! Seriously. If I, if I, what I said when you told me. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If, if I had another movie, I wouldn't do The Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's tough because, like, you know, it's it's like not just what's in the public domain, but what can we get away with, you know? Yes. Yeah. Because there is no real... Well, I found one official list of public domain movies 
and it's fucking awful. Yeah. You know, where we all know certain other movies are in the public domain, you know? Yeah. So I, I would love to have a comprehensive list one day. But those are the movies I have picked out for Dabney. And we'll just see how that goes. Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm all right with that. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, oh, the weirdest fucking thing, though. I'll wait a second, wait a second. There is something else I wanted to mention this. So, so like, I have them all done up. Like, literally, all I need to do is script them out and do the Dabney bits. You know? Other than that, it was just nothing to throw together and edit and take notes and shit like that. So I'm going through the creation of the humanoids because yeah. uh, it's the one I want to do first. And I'm just checking around shit. And I'm looking at Don McGowan. The Kragor. Okay. Yeah. He was in a 1958 pilot episode called The Tales of Frankenstein, where he plays Frankenstein. Really? And I found it and I fucking downloaded it. I have this. I don't know what the fuck else I'm going to do with it. It's huh. like it's. Is it an hour or is it a half hour? I forget. Let me check real quick. It's a half hour. Huh. A half hour, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, along with creation of the humanoids, you know, how long is that going to be? That's yeah. not a really long movie. Yeah. So I could sneak it in on the side or something like that. Yeah. But that has been it. Jeannie has been vaccinated. Oh, yay. Yeah. And I'm scheduled for my second one on March 4th. Nice. Good job. It took me like 15 minutes from when I parked to when I got back in my car. Yeah. Huh. Impressive. I went on my lunch hour. Yeah. I, 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 I. Yeah. So with that, I kind of plan like I'll get my shot when, you know. When you could just go to the doctor and get a shot. You know what I mean? He yeah. Go anywhere. I don't go anywhere. Like, I go out once a month. You know? And I'm good with this. Yeah. <laughs> I have found yeah. my fucking paradise. But, like, with Jeannie being, with Jeannie being vaccinated now, that would mean that I get coronavirus from either the subway or my pot shop <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> if i get for coronavirus i could name names <laughs> well and then and then one good thing one good thing about our second run in with the coronavirus is that amber apparently has tested positive amber apparently has it no symptoms whatsoever yeah you know no nice. symptoms 
She's a little bit tired. She's a little bit sore. But other than that, she is 100% a pinnacle of health. Like, I think I'm feeling worse than she is, only because it just feels really bad to have one of your kids locked in their room for, what, like 10 days or whatever. Yeah, I keep I keep picturing in my head the the time being up and you opening up the door to let Amber out and and like she looks a lot like Karen Black from Trilogy of Terror. Yeah. You know? She's yeah. hairy, she smells, she's got razor teeth. You know, so so I'm just saying be careful. Have we ever done Bloody Pit of Horror? We have not done Bloody Pit of Horror. With so, Mickey? So like, like coming with up Mickey with that movie. Horror? Coming up with that movie had me scrolling no. up and through fucking SoundCloud for like days. And that's when I started coming across. I started coming across like, God, you know, we've done enough. We We can do a good black history run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a decent yeah. Forgot about George Crumb. And these right. Okay. And and, and like I like I think it's like I think it's like the Pope on film's duty now. Because everybody will remember Martin Luther King during Black History Month. Everybody will remember Bobby Malcolm X and everybody will remember Bobby Seal during Black History Month. The Pope on film needs to make people aware during Black History Month that a black man invented the fucking potato chip. Yeah, out of spite. That gets too forgotten. Yeah. This, the, the fucking potato chip. I mean, how does it get much greater than the potato chip? Yeah. You know? A black guy invented the potato chip out of spite. Out of spite. That's right. Out of spite, because the because because a customer at the restaurant was being a douchebag. Um, these fries are too big. I want them thinner. It's like, oh, I'm sending them back a third time. I want thinner French fries. Oh yeah, I'm gonna shave yeah. flakes off his goddamn, and then I'm gonna fry him. Here you go. I've made potato chips. You dumbass. Mm-hmm. Ooh, these are good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we could, we could assume from that that the potato chip is a revolutionary snack food. Yeah. You know, the potato chip is really the snack food that fights back against the man. Damn right. You know? They're never going to eat this. Potato chips have attitude. Oh, hell yeah. That's right. George Crumb. We, we, have, we have significant people and movies, because, come on, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, more people uh-huh. need to know about this movie. Yeah. You know, whether you like it or hate it, and I was not a big fan of it personally. You liked it more than I did, but it's a significant as hell movie. Yeah, I, I was I was on Twitter, and some account was uh, 
once a week, we're going to focus on a important film in black history that uh, that Americans have forgotten in the hopes of during Black History Month, shining a light on these forgotten uh, American films. In week one, we will be focusing on Across 110th Street. And I'm like, bitch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Love that goddamn movie. Loved that film. Okay, at least you grab. They grabbed a decent one. Man, I was with that lead up. I thought they were gonna pick something really fucking lame, like Leonard Part Six. Yeah, and it's like it's like yeah, like like we we haven't forgotten across the hundred and tenth street. No. I had a blast with Cotton Comes to Harlem. Yes. Loved that film. Really made me appreciate Red Fox a whole lot more. Yeah, yeah. So that was it, just for different reasons. I found myself scrolling up and down, up and down that SoundCloud list, which is fucking considerable. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's like, wow, we haven't covered Mickey Hargitay. That is surprising. Like, it takes over an hour on SoundCloud to scroll through all of our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, our podcast is of considerable girth. Yes. The best kept secret. Yeah. So yeah, I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling better emotionally. You know? Bit worried about the snowmageddon. It's snowing pretty freaking hard out there. Apparently our windows have frozen and we can't open them, so that's exciting. Yeah. Not to this. It's cold as shit and it has snowed. Like the road outside is covered with snow which i find really fucking weird that they haven't plowed apparently tonight the, it's a major it, road <laughs> yeah yeah apparently tonight in uh, in my little town it's going to get the low is going to be negative 16 yeah that's some serious shit we've, we've had that Yeah, but you're Colorado. Minus I expect that from Colorado. <laughs> it's just weird here. And it sucks because we've got that Oklahoma wind. So, like, no matter what the temperature is, it feels ten times worse yes. outside. It sucks. Because it's not just snowing. It's snowing and it's 30-mile-an-hour winds. It's freaking horrible. And somewhere out there. Mr. Freeze is saying, I won. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's obvious. This is obviously just, you know, the Zionists and their weather machines. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And And it's almost like, you know, you say something like that, but like, you're almost half afraid to because somebody's going to take it serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
We are joking when we say that, people. <laughs> we should put up a disclaimer or something like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> yeah. Bunny, if you think that this week's film, 1977's The Amazing Spider-Man is bad, just wait till we till I get to the point of the show in Act 3 where I mention next week. Okay. We're no longer doing Spider-Man. We're no longer in the 70s. We are more in the modern day. This is going to be horrible. Okay. <laughs> I have never seen this. I don't think you have seen this. Maybe you have, but this, yeah, this is going to be bad. I don't know. This is going to be bad. I don't know. I, I just don't offhand know anything modern day. Unless it's maybe that, uh, which I haven't seen, but that Asylum Thor movie. Nope. Nope. We are still in Marvel. We this is well, I would still in Marvel, be Marvel proper. We are still oh, in proper? Marvel proper. Is Amazing so just, Spider-Man Marvel proper? Well, there wasn't a Marvel proper back then. <laughs> but it upsets me that right now they're filming Spider-Man 3 and Andrew Garfield is going to be in it and Tobey Maguire is going to be in it and Jamie Foxx's Electro is going to be in it and they're going for a Spider-Verse sort of uh, a parallel universe sort of thing yeah. for this third Spider-Man movie and I'm fine with that bring as many Spider-Men in as you want but you better goddamn remember Nicholas Hammond. I would fucking flip out if he walked out. <laughs> just for a second. They Nicholas just Hammond better be in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, he just has to be like, like he's reading a newspaper and it's the Daily Bugle or whatever and he lowers the newspaper and it's him for just a few seconds yeah. is all I want. But he had better be in this goddamn movie. Yeah. 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 I'll be Except he would have to be sitting down somewhere because he is so much bigger than any of the other Spider-Men. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Except Absolutely. maybe Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is a pretty tall, tall guy. Yeah, if we had to line him up by height, you know, it, it, I think it would go... Uh, this Spider-Man, I keep forgetting his name. I don't know why. Probably just trying to block it. Uh, there would be this Spider-Man, then Andrew Garfield. And then I'm thinking Tobey Maguire. And then Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah. If we lined them up by height. Yeah, Probably. Probably. But yeah, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. I I have been watching the Marvel movies in chronological order. Good. I, good. I'm right in the middle of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And I kind of I kind of take issue with how they seem to throw in the Incredible Hulk very haphazardly. Yeah. There, there is no real reason for 
And I, I, I've looked at a couple of lists, and I'm currently using the Rotten Tomatoes list. So you would think okay. you could trust them. Yeah. Why do you have The Incredible Hulk come after Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2? Yeah. I don't care And it's that. like, well, <coughs> the closest I've seen is, well, because there's no, like, specific date in the Hulk. Well, then, yeah, yeah, don't you go by release date then? I don't know. So it would be Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, and then Iron Man 2. Because The Incredible Hulk was the second Marvel movie. Yeah, and then in Iron Man 2, there is a few seconds where you see a scene from The Incredible Hulk in it. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, so that would make sense. Yeah. So if anything, they were happening at the same time. Yeah. You can't watch a movie, two movies at the same time. Pick one. <laughs> so I'd have to disagree with Rotten Tomatoes there. It's got to go Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2. Yeah. Fight me. <laughs> but then Captain America comes first. And then... Yes. Captain Marvel, and then Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a... That's really kind of, You know, after Iron Man, it gets to be kind of a rough haul, you know? Yeah. You know, you got to go Incredible Hulk, and then you got to go Iron Man 2. Ooh, not really my whole, that good. My whole family is all in on WandaVision right now. Yeah, I never yeah. needed to see Mickey Rock in fetish wear, ever. Oh. You know? Yeah. Then the Incredible Hulk, and then Thor. And Thor is meh. Thor is all right. Yeah. You know? There's nothing bad about it. It, it. It's certainly no Mickey Rock in fetish wear. You know? Uh, yeah. But it's just kind of a meh movie. Yeah. So it's kind of a rough stretch you got to go through there before you get back to like Winter Soldier. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's about all I got. Yeah. I I I got nothing else. Things are things are a, a, a problem. Oh, yes there is. Apart from the snowmageddon that is, it, it looks like is starting right now. Uh, everything's fine with me. What 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 else do you have, dude? Red fucking rubber ball. Red rubber ball. I have. It's it's almost like the fucking Mandela effect. I've listened. I've listened to the red rubber ball bit a few times now. I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. It doesn't seem to exist out there anywhere. On SoundCloud or YouTube or... No, 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 not the clip. What we're talking about, like red rubber balls in horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't find... I couldn't find movies. I couldn't find pictures. You know... Well, that's a difficult... 
like the That's closest I could find is a rubber ball bounced down in the movie The Changeling with George C. Fucking Scott. Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah. like we're in Universe X. Nice. I mean, I know what you're talking about. I think most people know what I'm talking about. You're what you were talking about, right? Red rubber balls in horror movies bouncing down the stairs usually. Yeah. For whatever reason, evil kid, a haunted house. I just had another good red rubber ball, but like a commercial for horror movie cats. Horror movie cats. Yeah, so say you're a monster and you're going to kill people in a house. Well, of course you need a cat so that the cat, so that when the teens are are in the attic looking for what made that noise, your cat pops out and the teens go, oh, phew, it was just a cat. How did this cat get in here? Well, we can let our guard down and that's when you stab them. <laughs> so I love the idea of like, hi, I'm Jason, and this is my cat, Mr. Mr. Whiskers. I bought him at the horror movie cat store. And that every serial killer, like Mike Myers, has like two cats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cats will get into a cupboard from time to time, but I don't think it's as 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 often as horror movies seem to think. <clears throat> yes, yeah. So a company that specifically focuses on cats for horror for uh, horror movie monsters. Yeah. If if I f- suddenly found myself in a horror mu- movie, you know. Cupboards would just be one of those things that I would just be extra careful about because there's probably a cat in it. Yeah. And I would know I was in the horror movie because I could hear the theme music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you hear cha-cha-cha-cha, cha-cha-cha-cha. You're like, ah, fuck. All right. All right, I got to deal with this Jason shit now. (laughs) Yeah. Might want to get some cereal first, but probably a cat in there. <laughs> yeah. Fucking even the Silent Hill game, one of them did that with a locker. You opened up a locker and a fucking cat jumped out. And a cat jumps out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the hardest part about Snowmageddon is that we feed some of the neighbor cats around the neighborhood, but we can't in good conscience in good conscience keep the cats outside right now. So we have four cats in the house right now. Yeah. And apparently one of them has gone in heat and just meows 24 (laughs) seven. And it's driving me insane. And sometimes I can feel my throat close up because, fun fact, I'm allergic to freaking cats. <laughs> but 
but it's better that we deal with these cats than we end up with a bunch of cat sickles outside, you know? Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. Wow, it's snowing a lot. Yeah, okay, but but if it's snowmageddon, okay? Okay. Cats are good protein. That's, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's one positive about having so many animals in the house right now is that uh, uh, we've got one dog and four cats, so uh, good eating tonight. You got it. Yeah, yeah. You could be snowed in for a good long time before you start looking at Eleanor crooked. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so we'll be good for a while. <laughs> Turns into a roast chicken like from Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <clears throat> oh, that that is about it. Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty sure red rubber ball was weird. Yeah. I I, I had no idea it was something like that would be so hard to find. I mean Well, there's no way to search for there that. There is certainly a song. Well, yeah. I thought I thought just red rubber ball would pop a couple of things. And you would be yeah. like, oh, yeah, there was the red rubber ball in here. And, you know, there was the red rubber ball in there. And Snake Plissken shot the red rubber ball. And, you know, whatever. Or a scene from The Shining or something like that. I, no. <laughs> yeah. Like it's all One in the of- collective conscious for no real reason. One of the it's has to be has to have the red rubber ball. Yeah. One of the it's, but I'm not sure which one. If it's the Tim Curry or if it's the young Dan Avedon, like modern day it, but one of them has the red rubber ball. So I wound up I wound up taking a clip from the Changeling. And a clip from the fucking Prestige, man. I was really, like, getting desperate. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <sighs> so I think we might have dreamed it. I think it's I think it's a Mandela effect thing. No. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Maybe The Shining? Yeah, The Shining? I don't I know. Think? I don't know. I keep thinking the little girl, the little girls might have had a ball. Yeah. Play with us, Danny. Yeah. But, like, even that is not, like, really quite matching what I'm thinking. Yeah. Going downstairs in particular, right? I, I I think so. Yeah. I think so. But it doesn't exist. That's how astute. That's how astute our red rubber ball bit was. Was that we're the first people to point it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's how amazing we are. And I could picture it in in different in different ways. You know, like like. Like it could be a softer rubber ball, a more pretty rubber ball, red rubber ball, something like that. 
But I'm also picturing a dodgeball. For that sound it makes when you bounce it. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't there something like that in Deadly Friend, that horrible fucking... I think it was Wes Craven or somebody fairly famous did this horrible starring the cousin Oliver from Little House on the Prairie. Yes. The little Jewish kid the Ingalls found and took in. Yeah. He was the star. (laughs) Jesus. And he and his best friend is I think it's Christy Swanson like a very very early Christy Swanson. Um, yeah. And he creates a robot. They're friends, and he's a geek, and that's just what you do, and things like that. And then something happened to her, and she died. Uh, so he put the robot chip in her head. And yeah. she started acting like the fucking robot and killing people for no reason because the robot wasn't killing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she picked up a basketball or a dodgeball or something and threw it across the room through somebody's head. Jesus. I hear somebody crying. We should move on. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you I'm not sure if this is entertaining or rambling. <laughs> it, well, well, we haven't talked in a while. So yeah, I assumed true. Bunny Versus was going to be big. That's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I found the clip and I pulled it and I've listened to it a few times trying to figure out, like, how can I animate this one? When yeah. I thought it was going to be really easy. <laughs> yeah. What was the episode that that one was on? Was Did I do that because of the movie we were discussing? I have no idea. Yeah, because maybe I, I did that so. bit because we were watching some like stupid horror movie and I'm like, hey, red rubber balls going down hallways. No, oh no. The, this section of episodes, I, I kind of remember in connection to my trauma. <laughs> so, yeah. so I have like a way different memory. Like I can't connect it to the movie, but we were still at Heather's when we did it. Yeah, <laughs> like we were still that in that point of homelessness. <laughs> you yeah. know, so. Yeah, I remember it came up there, which is why I didn't do anything with it like immediately, you know. Yeah. What's what's that? Nothing. Just trying to trying to make it bend. Oh. <laughs> there is no spoon. Right. Oh well, let's let's head on. What what kind of shop do you have us for this this week? Um, it, it's a it, 
it's I learned something about someone famous and I was worried about doing it as a chef because I would have to talk about the history of one major television show and then concurrently the history of another major television show from a foreign country. And I wasn't sure if I would be able to put all of those together to tell the story of this one famous person, but I think I nailed it and I'm really proud of it. And there are some names here you may have forgotten, but I'm really proud of this week's chap. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But do you want to wrap up Bunny Versus, your trademark way, before we get there? So that is it for Bunny Versus this week, where we just like to say, self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. That is a catchphrase that has taken over the nation. <laughs> Spreading like wildfire. See you don't understand week. what that means, Maxwell? You don't get it? You're probably not old enough. When you're old, when you're when you're 30, you'll fully understand that. <laughs> yeah, you're too young to understand, but eventually it'll all make sense, Maxwell. That that's like going back through comedy history and coming across Marty Engel and being like, "You were famous for what?" <laughs> He yeah. was like the what happened guy or something yeah. like that. He like had a catchphrase and that's like all he had. And he would show up fucking everywhere doing his catchphrase. Yeah. <clears throat> and it yeah. was something like what me worry or the other one that I think I stole from a movie. I would have to look it up and it's not worth it. Marty Angles cut on fucking Marty Angles. Cut on Marty Ingalls. Okay. Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age? Who isn't a big fan of The Pope on Film? But only true fans, hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning, who have watched all 800 Listen to all 800 episodes of The Pope on Film. Only then, only those true hardcore fans would know two undisputable facts, undisputable facts about us, two undeniably real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that in your spare time, as a sort of hobby, you're a successful country music songwriter. So tell us, Bunny, what are some of the country music song titles you've been working on lately? <sighs> they all get mixed up in my head at once. You know, uh, there's Love and My Cousin's Not Too Hard to Do. Um, my, my really upcountry number... Flange in the Bull. That's a big one. Nice. That's more of a western. And it's got a little blue yeah. grass tossed in as well. It's a fun, you know, yeah. makes you want to dance. Uh, Daddy's been cooking the meth. Uh, nice. Very sad story. Very much like in the ghetto, you know. 
but it's about yeah. how, how this child's father is always out in the barn fucking sheep and cooking meth. Yeah. You know. Um, other than that, it's, 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 it's getting tough. It's getting tough. Like, the field is getting smaller as to what you can write about that yep. isn't just the bullshit these people like to hear. You know, so, like, I mean, we used to be able to come up with a good patriotic song back in the day. But the insurrectionists think they own America. I'm not sure how that logic yeah. works. But anyway, the, the country music racket has gotten hard. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. You know. I understand. I understand. Our heart goes out to you, Bunford Williams. And, and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this, at this junction is I like to get a story from uh, the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling voice. So get ready for another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short and fun and feisty. It's the Danny DeVito of podcast segments. Anywho, <laughs> this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing Saturday Night Live. Okay. SCTV and the surprising connection between the two. Okay. This is the story of SNL on NBC in America and the Second City Comedy Troupe in Toronto, Canada, and their show SCTV, Second City Television. Saturday Night Live started uh, uh, because... Oh, Saturday Night Live started because from 1965 to 1975, late night Saturday programming on NBC was dominated by reruns of Johnny Carson, the best of Johnny Carson, the best of Carson, the best of the Johnny Carson show. But in 1975, Johnny Carson wanted more time off. And so he demanded that the best of Johnny Carson get pulled from Saturdays And his reasoning was, well, hey, I can just use the best of Johnny Carson to get more weekdays off. Hey, I want Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday off. Just air the best of Johnny Carson. So now NBC needed something for that Saturday evening time slot. And it had to be comedy because NBC Saturday nights means comedy. The best of Johnny Carson. And also uh, it had to be cheap. Voila! NBC Saturday Night premiered on October 11th, 1975, and almost overnight, the not-ready-for-prime-time players became household stars. Okay, so put a pin on that, because now we're headed to Scott Pilgrim's hometown of Toronto, Canada. Okay. Because the Second City Stage Show was a huge hit in Toronto, 
and also in Chicago, but we're focusing on the Canadian part of it. Uh, and a lot of big names like Bill Murray, Gilda Radner, John Belushi were stolen from Second City. And the creator of Second City, Andrew Alexander, Canadian, wanted to expand Second City, not in, in, into, you know, they were already really big. They had big stage shows, but they wanted to be more than just stage shows. So he got his Canadian cast together. John Candy, Eugene Levy, Harold Ramis, Joe Flaherty, Flaherty. We've never yeah. had a proper... Uh, grasp on that name, Joe Flaherty, uh, Dave Thomas, the funny Canadian one, and not the American founder of Wendy's. Right, exactly. It always weirded me out. <laughs> and they came up with a solid idea: a TV show of programming from the world's smallest TV station. Voila! Second City Television was born. John Candy, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, and the amazing, astounding, incomparable Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so put a pin on that, too. I hope you have a lot of pins, because this is going to be a very layered chap. So this is, this is, so, okay, so this is why I'm doing this chap. Okay, so uh, Dan Levy hosted Saturday Night Live. Uh, a week ago. Dan Levy is the son of Eugene Levy, and they are both together on the show uh, Shit's Creek, okay. which is a one. And so I was thinking about, like, I wonder if Eugene Levy has ever hosted SNL. And I checked, and Eugene Levy has never hosted SNL. But then I'm like, has Eugene Levy ever appeared on SNL? And and sure enough, yeah, he's he's made like a cameo appearance once, maybe twice. And I'm like, oh, well, I hope Eugene Levy shows up for Dan Levy's hosting of SNL because that would be great. And sure enough, Eugene Levy was there for his son's SNL hosting. And I thought that that was really awesome. And then I'm like, you know what? They should have Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara appear on Dan Levy's SNL episode. Yeah. And then I started thinking, I'm pretty sure Catherine O'Hara has hosted at least once. So I looked it up, and Catherine O'Hara has uh, hosted SNL twice in the 80s and 90s. I'm assuming during Beetlejuice and Home Alone's popularity. Probably, yeah. So she has hosted SNL before, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I learned something that was shocking to me. Something so absolutely shocking, and that's the reason why I uh, am doing this chap. Okay, so let's go back to the pins from before. Back to SNL. So Chevy Chase was the first one to leave. Yes. SNL. And that made sense because all of the other not-ready-for-primetime players, they weren't saying who they were, but Chevy Chase, as the first Weekend Update host, started out with, uh, welcome to welcome to Weekend Update. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. And so he was the first one to put himself and his name out there. Yeah. And so he was the deal. So he left first, and then Dan Aykroyd left, and then John Belushi left. And by the time the fifth season began in 1979, people thought this might be the beginning of the end of Saturday Night Live. 
They tried bumping writers to cast members. So on the fifth season, Jim Downey was a cast member. Al Franken. You, you confused me. Because there was there was that one like Dan Aykroyd, like like the whole season, the whole cast got axed one season. Yes, we're getting to that. We're getting okay. to that. We're getting to that. But the fifth season, it still had uh, Lorraine Newman. It still had Garrett Morris. It still had uh, uh, Gilda Radner. But they were they were running low on other people to be on the show because John Belushi was gone and Dan Aykroyd was gone and Chevy Chase was gone. So they bumped writers to cast members. So suddenly Al Franken is, is uh, a regular cast member. Suddenly Don Novello is doing Father Guido Sarducci yeah. all over the time. Yeah. Uh, Harry Shearer was a cast member for a little bit. He was a writer on there. And in an odd bit of trivia that I did not fully realize, two Murrays were on the show one season. <laughs> I didn't fully realize this, but Bill Murray and Brian Doyle Murray were on SNL together in season five. I guess the, the beginning of SNL is just such a major thing with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase and John Belushi that you forget that like, oh shit, we had two Murrays. Yeah. That was really, it. That, that, that's, that's neat. You know, two family members were on SNL together. That's fucking weird. Yeah. But this was an odd season, season five. Suddenly Mr. Bill is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Tom Novello is doing Father Guido Sarducci. Andy Kaufman is wrestling women. It's an odd season. And yeah. by the end of season five, that's when everyone leaves. Everyone leaves. Gilda Radner leaves. Jane Curtin leaves. Garrett Morris leaves. But here's the important part. So does the show's creative head, Lorne Michaels. He says, look, I'm burned out. It's been five years. What a roller coaster and fighting with the network. And so I'm burned out. So I'm leaving. I'm taking a year off. So, of course, you can't do the show without me. Yeah. So I'm going to leave for a year and we can put SNL on pause until I'm ready to come back. But NBC is all like, um, actually, <laughs> we're just going to do the show without you. Thus, the dreaded SNL season six, the season that made everyone a household name. Who can forget such legendary Saturday Night Live stars as the incomparable Ann Risley? Yeah. The massive star Tony Rosado. Oh, the, the, the incredible Denny Dillon. And, of course, the breakout star, the one and only Charlie Rocket. Yes. They passed on a number of, of other cast members. A lot of people tried out for season six, and they passed on a lot of them. Probably some names you don't know, like Paul Rubens, John Goodman, and Jim Carrey. Jim who? I don't know who Jim Carrey is, but he's no Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Literally, wow. this was a shock because, like, this is my era of Saturday Night Live, you know? Yeah. 
yeah. I, I I jumped on as soon as they started picking up pa- pro- picking up popularity. So I caught mm-hmm. like the tail end of the che- first Chevy Chase season. Yeah. You know? So this shocked the fucking shit out of me because I just put on Saturday Night Live and I was like, who the fuck are all these people? Yeah. I didn't hear anything about this. I didn't know anything about this. Oh, Saturday Night Live is back on. Okay. What the fuck? And like, I watched at least like a half hour still thinking it was a joke of some kind. You know, yeah, yeah, but essence, but NBC was so primed, so ready. This was going to be season six of SNL was going to be the next big smash. Wow, will your star ever stop rising, Tim Kazarinsky? <laughs> so put a pin on that. Or the same pin, because we're going to be using a lot of pins, so it, it's probably best to recycle some pins. Yes. So if you can, unless you have a lot of pins, maybe use the same pin. But anyway, over at SCTV, Catherine O'Hara is a star. And fun fact, in the Toronto stage show, Catherine O'Hara was Gilda Radner's understudy until, until Gilda Radner left SNL, and that's how Catherine O'Hara got her uh, starring spot on the SC on the Second City stage show. Cool. So I, I think that's interesting. So there's a SNL SCTV connection already. So Catherine O'Hara is on SCTV. It airs two seasons in Canada. From 1976 to 1979, and Catherine O'Hara is credited with saying, quote, we were doing SCTV and we thought that Andrew, and that's uh, Andrew Alexander, the creator of uh, Second City. We thought that Andrew would have a deal with SCTV that we would finish that run. And, and then he had no deal. So basically, they're like, oh, hey, we're going to do a season. And then it was a big season in Canada. And then like a year later, a year and a half later, hey, that was a big smash. Let's do a second season. Let's get back together. We'll do a second season. And if that's a big hit, we can do more seasons. So they did a second season of SCTV. And that was such a hit that Catherine O'Hara is like, okay, that was great. So when's our next season? And Andrew, Andrew Alexander was like, Oh, we have no, we have no other season. SCTV is done. I don't have a, I don't have a TV deal. We got nothing. So SCTV is done. Yeah. Uh, so in 1979, they finish SCTV and the cast go their separate ways. Um, and Alexander leaves. Uh. Uh. I, CITV does the third. Oh, and then Andrew Alexander goes and he does a third season, but without John Candy and John Ramis and Catherine O'Hara, it, it, it looks it, it, it's a weird third season, but it's an unofficial third season because it doesn't have a lot of the original people. And it looks like SCTV is over. It looks like SCTV yeah. is done with. So they're going their separate ways. Catherine O'Hara is sort of as a, at a loss 
for what to do. Then suddenly there's a phone call. Catherine O'Hara. Hi, it's me, Dick Ebersol. I'm a sports guy and I have a lot of clout right now. And let me tell you why. You know, the Olympics, that was me. I had the idea. Uh, to like, hey, let's put the Olympics on television, make it into a big deal. It could be a huge moneymaker for NBC. And it was. And now I'm such I'm I'm like this big master sports guy in NBC. And then they said, hey, Dick Ebersol, what other ideas do you have? And they're like, well, what if we air the Super Bowl and make that a big deal? And of course, that's a huge money maker. So I basically came up with the Olympics. I came up with uh, the Super Bowl. And so I'm a big deal right now. And they put me in charge of SNL. Okay. What could what could yeah. go wrong? A hot-headed sports guy being in charge of SNL for like season six, season seven. What could go wrong, right? So look, we're doing SNL without Lauren Michaels, without anybody, and we're looking to fill the cast. And we heard, Catherine O'Hara, that you were off of that Canadian SNL thing. So, Catherine O'Hara, we want you to be in season six of Saturday Night Live. And Catherine O'Hara says yes! Okay. Catherine O'Hara of SCTV fame goes to the offices of NBC. They sign her up. They sign her a contract. And she was officially a member of Saturday Night Live for approximately one hour. Wow. Okay. So here's how that happens. She's done with SM. She's done with a... With SCTV, she signs up for SNL for season six. She even goes so far as to get the black and white headshots for the opening. Yeah. She has a photo shoot. She is ready, and they are all set to have her be on the show. It's SNL featuring Catherine O'Hara, and she gets ready. She's getting ready for her first day on the job, and she's getting ready, and she's about to leave to go to the first day on the job, uh, The her first day as an SNL cast member when she gets a phone call. Catherine, great, it's you. Hi, it's me, Andrew. Andrew Alexander, the creator of SCTV. Look, we got a call. You'll never guess who wants us to do more SCTV. You will will have no idea the crazy swerve this is. Who wants us to do more SCTV? NBC does. Because you know that show, The Mid special they're canceling it and they want sctv to be their big friday night show what do you say will you come back and do more sctv and Catherine o'hara says i just got hired to be on saturday night live on saturdays and now you're wanting me i'm going to my first day now and you want me to quit this job so I can do SCTV on Fridays. So uh, Catherine O'Hara was an SNL cast member for approximately one hour, which was how long it took for her to show up on her first day at work, talk to the managers and quit. And for Michael O'Donohue to 
fucking cuss her out for quitting. Okay. I find it odd that Eugene Levy has never hosted SNL, but his son just hosted SNL and his partner in crime, Catherine O'Hara, not only hosted twice, but was also an SNL cast member for one whole hour. (laughs) That is fascinating to me. Yes. You wouldn't think that there were a lot of connections between SNL and SCTV being two sort of different sides of the same coin, but from different countries. That's fascinating. No, no, no. SNL and and Second City Television wound up becoming like the farm team for SNL. Like fucking everybody was crossing over. Yeah. It's interesting. uh, Fucking, um... Martin Short. Martin Short. Crossed over. Crossed over. I always found him annoying on SCTV. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, But before any of them crossed over, Catherine O'Hara did for one whole hour. Yeah. For exactly one hour. And I find that fascinating. I know I've said this before, but I'm surprised that people don't know this already more. I'm surprised yeah. that people don't know the story of uh, Catherine O'Hara, the SNL cast member. You know, well, that's that's got to be a record. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent a record. Yeah. So that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. Next week we will be talking about the Falklands War, <laughs> but in a fun way. I got a fun. I got a fun. Uh, take on it. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations! And cut on that. Bonnie, unfortunately, we have a movie to discuss, but before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? Yes. We should take a break. I did not ask you. Stop backseat podcasting, okay? (laughs) Not cool. You should come over here. Okay, we will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do 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 An ass put on a lion skin and went bouncing around in the forest parable. Scaring the foolish beasts by brooks and by rocks. Till at last, he tried to scare Bob. But Bob, hearing from beneath the mane, that raucous voice, so petulant, so vain. Oh, ass, Bob too will run away. But that Bob knows your old familiar prey. That's just the way with asses. That's just.
Almighty. I'm a Leo, and I love dewy spiderwebs in the sunset, long walks on the pavement, and hiding in shoes. And I'm looking for a special female, and girl, not everyone sees you the way I do. So let me look deep inside all eight of your beautiful eyes. And I don't see human like other people do. I see a glorious spider, baby. Yeah. So I want to let you know I play spider with you all night long. Shimmy here, up next to me, and do that stanky spider dance you do. So shake that sephora thorax and your abdomen too. Ah, girl. Come on, come on, be my spider, baby. When a male spider tries to show you what he's made of And I gotta let you know I don't mind dying For just one night of sweet spider love If that's what it takes to get near you, girl A hungry female may consume any invertebrate that comes along Including her suitors But baby, but baby, I don't mind Because you're truly worthy You're worth it, baby my pedipals are palpitating, circulating. I could be perspirating, but I can't because I got an ectoskeleton. But that don't matter now. So let me be your daddy, baby. Hopelessly tangled up in your silky web. Let me kiss your fangs before you jump off my head. Yeah. Species. Females eat the males after sweet, sweet love. But I don't mind. Nah. You see, I got eight boots on my legs for knocking. I notice you do too. Spider baby rocking all night long. You see, even spider love is blind. Come on. Ooh. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Sixteen yeah. boots of spider knocking. Come on, come on. You know it's true, girl. Come on, girl. Come on, come on, be my spider, baby. Yeah. Don't be afraid. <laughs> come on, come on, be my baby. Yeah. Be my spider, baby. Yeah. Come on, come on, be my spider, baby. Yeah. Be your daddy's spider, lonely. Come on, come on, be my baby.
You are about to witness a new dimension in entertainment. Peter Lemon Jello. Oh, I could have been a million things. Peter Lemon Jello. A mood rock experience called Love 76. Yes, Peter Lemoncello has created a new kind of music that's both romantic and moving. Just listen. In this two-album package, Love 76, you'll experience all the warmth and tenderness living in the heart of Peter Lemoncello, plus the excitement that is Peter Lemoncello on stage. Call 586-7700. That's 586-7700. Or save COD charges and send $698 for records or $898 for 8-track tape to Love 76, Box R7, Gracie Station, New York, New York, 128. These are some of my favorite worst posts from the last few weeks on the Oklahoma City Craigslist page. This one is called Prince Media Pandering. And it says, Prince, you would have thought he was the president, the way the media carries on about this non-talented transvestite. Exclamation point. So, transvestite! Every channel went on and on and still are, I say, good riddance. Typical left-wing, pandering media, always pushing their cause. Hell, when Elton John dies, they will probably declare a national holiday for it. They should, because Elton John is a treasure, number one. Uh, number two, mm, you need to check yourself. And third, it's not media pandering. Apparently, it's a pandering media. It's, it's a media that's run by pandas. It's a pandering media. I like that. Live fast. Die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week.
<laughs> wow, way to rub it in. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have the papers. The world's favorite comic book hero, followed by 84 million readers a year. Now, he comes alive. For the first time on the screen, you'll see it all. The spectacular adventures of the amazing Spider-Man. He can do the things a spider does, you know, uh, climb walls and, and spin webs, and he's very, very strong. You've heard about him. You've read about him. Now, you'll see him in action. Kill him. No challenge is too great. No enemy is too strong. The most popular, most daring, most exciting superhero in the entire world. At last, he comes alive for his most incredible adventure. Now, Spider-Man takes on a madman who's turning the streets into a siege of terror. More and more people are being mysteriously hypnotized into threatening the entire city and destroying themselves. Look up high as one man does the impossible. He uses all his fantastic spider powers to battle the most evil forces ever imagined. Astounding live action excitement. The super adventure of everybody's favorite superhero. Spider-Man. Now, he lives. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, money! Act three. Act three. A very solemn act three. Yes, funny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to casually stroll on into our third and final act. And for the uninitiated out there in the ether, the third act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all new low fat, high in fiber and broken glass movie of the week. And this week, we painfully watch a 40-year-old teenage Peter Parker with a look at 1977's The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. So, Bunny, on a scale from 9.5 to 10, how much did you enjoy this movie? I'm having a really hard time deciding if this is possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, what else have we done that's worse than this? Uh, good point. Okay. So here's how this came about. I, I, think, I, I think I would rather give another round to remember me. 
I loved than, Remember Me. Than to have to watch this movie ever again. You know, you know what upsets me, Bunny? You know what upsets me right now is that right now online, on YouTube, on TikTok, sea shanties have become popular. Yes. And young people are singing sea shanties. And it upsets me that sea shanties became popular and it has nothing to do with Willem Dafoe farting. No? Where did, it, where did they get it from? I don't know where they got it from. Just sea shanties became popular on TikTok and stuff like that. And it, and it has nothing to do with Willem Dafoe and a shiny vampire uh, farting and slow dancing in a lighthouse. That upsets me. Oh, God. I was into sea shanties before y'all were doing sea shanties on TikTok because uh, that's how big of a fan of the lighthouse I am. Yes. I'm a fan of the lighthouse I am. Okay, so that's funny. Okay, so here's how this uh, came about. Basically, in the 70s and 80s, Stan Lee was a slut for TV and movies. It was his idea that uh, the Marvel universe was perfect for movies and TV and. was he right? Yes, but he was four decades early. So in the 70s and 80s and also the 90s, Stan Lee would sell any Marvel character to any studio with an idea. And CBS said, uh, what about a Spider-Man show? And so Stan Lee spread Eagle and let CBS fuck him. Yes. They hired an actor named Nicholas Hammond Son, fun fact about uh, actor Nicholas Hammond, he is the son of businessman John Hammond, who was best known for successfully cloning dinosaurs. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh, Nicholas Hammond was astoundingly only 27 years old in this show. Oh, my God. He looks 42. He does. He it is does. weird. He looks like I've said. He looks like Spider Man after his first divorce. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He looks like a Peter B. Parker from yeah. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and he's like big, and not even trying to be a kid. Peter Parker does not have that many suit jackets. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would once again like to take this time to say that I wrote the entirety of this while drunk and high in a hotel room. And so. uh, So uh, fun fact, another fun fact about actor Nicholas Hammond. He is Australian. Funny. The four main live-action Peter Parkers have been British Tom Holland. Yes. British Andrew Garfield. I had to look that up because I wasn't sure if he was British or not. But he was born in L.A. but raised in England. He does have an accent. British American but primarily British Andrew Garfield. American Tobias Maguire and Australian Nicholas Hammond. 25% of Peter Parker's have been American. Yes. 
funny. This is what I'm talking about. They come over here and they take our jobs. <laughs> Coming over here, taking all of our superhero jobs. Fox News was right. Uh-huh. Coming in here and stealing all of our jobs. And now we have a, a, a British daredevil. Superman's yes. still British. We have a Doctor Strange who spends the entirety of the film trying to not sound British. Yes. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It upsets me. How many foreigners are coming over here and taking our American superhero jobs? Yes. They took our germs. Also, side note, when I, being actors, because I don't like using Google, so yes. I bing things. Most of the time, I will bing it instead of Google it. So when I bing actors, bing does this strange thing, this really pointless thing, okay, where it will tell me how tall each actor is and who else is also that same height. <laughs> and I don't know why Bing does this. Google doesn't do this. So I will so I will Bing like Andrew Garfield, is he British? And Bing will say, yes, Andrew Garfield, uh, born in Los Angeles, California, but raised in England. Fun fact, Steve, Andrew Garfield is the same height as Josh Brolin. And Bing, why would I need to know this information? <laughs> What is the situation where I would need to know this info? Like one day I'm going to be in a bank and then suddenly these guys with guns show up and they're like, freeze, this is a robbery. I will kill everyone in this bank unless someone can tell me who's the same height as Jonah Hex. Well, actually, I think this could be quite convenient if we, uh, you know, go back to my previous idea of arranging all of the Spider-Mans to height, you know, we can then cast their specific villain off of Bing by height. That's good thinking. So okay. Andrew Garfield would be facing off against Thanos. Okay, so Tobey Maguire... Perfect. They, okay, you are fucking on to something, Bunny, because I just Googled Tobey Maguire, and it says Tobey Maguire, born June 27th, 1975, in Santa Monica, California. Uh, Tobey Maguire is five feet nine inches tall, the same as Willem Dafoe. There we go. Oh my God, you're on to something. So, okay. Wow, that's that's incredible. Thank you, Bing, I guess. Before <laughs> I was attacking you, Bing. But now, oh, wow, what a resource you are. Okay. So, <laughs> so anywho, the style of the time was the, uh, the pilot of a TV show in the 70s and 80s and to a lesser extent the 90s, but the pilot would be filmed as a movie and the TV networks would air it as a movie like, oh, the, the NBC Friday night movie. And if the movie is a success, then they get a series. But if yeah. it isn't a success, hey, at least you get an ABC movie of the week. 
Right, exactly. That was popular on TV all the time. That's how we, that's how we got the night, the Night Stalker series. Yeah, and that's Cold how track, we and... got, and that's how we got a sequel to The Jerk. Yeah, because because someone bought the rights to The Jerk to be a TV show. Because that's how popular the show The Jerk was. So they made a, a like a two hour long pilot called The Jerk 2, T-O-O, in no way related at all to Steve Martin. But they yeah. made a to The Jerk and it's horrible. But the, the, but the, the theme song was pretty catchy. Okay. It's it, the entire thing is for free on you. It's weird. Uh, so the hour and a half Spider-Man pilot aired on CBS on September 19th, 1977, which means I'm older than this movie by six months. But here's the thing. There's no CBS in foreign countries. CBS okay. is just an American thing. So in America, they play this movie on CBS. But in foreign countries, everywhere else on the planet Earth, the pilot was released as an honest-to-God actual fucking movie in theaters. Yeah. So in England, in France, in freaking Germany, in, in all of these foreign countries, this was The Amazing Spider-Man, the movie, the first time that Spider-Man appeared in, in, uh, in theater screens. Yeah. This made $9 million internationally, which is A, pretty good for 1977, and B, pretty good for a cheap made-for-TV fucking movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? $9 million for something. This definitely wasn't made for $9 million. No. This is the this is the, one of the cheapest, without a doubt, the cheapest Spider-Man that has ever existed. Land of the Lost had better special effects than this. Yeah, from the very first shot, okay. I am seeing a white-haired, the back of a white-haired man's head, and for a second, I was like. That kind of sounds like it might be Eddie Albert. This movie might be better than I remembered it. Because that's some talent. And then he turned around and he was Larry fucking Tate. It was like... (laughs) But you were... And how the fuck did he get top billing? He has top billing in this fucking movie. Yeah. Larry yeah. Tate. Oh, yeah. The the uh, going back to the jerk to the Steve Martin's the jerk sequel. Um, there's there's someone who gets big name billing in this, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Ray Walston's in it. That's yeah. the name. Ray Walston's in it. Yeah. Fucking fun fact, Ray Walston was born 80 years old. He was. He, he was, was born. One of those people, he was born fucking old. Yeah. He was born an 80-year-old baby. Yeah. You were right. We were texting about the Spider-Man movie, and, and you were 100% right. You said... And you you were absolutely right. This this looks like 
Spider-Man from the director of The Amazing Colossal Man and Earth yes. versus the Spider. Like it oh, looks- those, were, those were some classic Bird Eye Gordon effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, with Spider-Man crawling up a picture of a building. Yeah. I, you know, he's crawling across the floor. And I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure it always looked bad. I'm sure age has not helped this yet. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to compare this to the Japanese Spider-Man television show, but I'm not going to do that because at least because the special effects are as bad in Japanese Spider-Man as it is in the 1977 American Spider-Man. But at least the Japanese Spider-Man doesn't take itself so seriously. So, so the Japanese Spider-Man can go, okay, our Peter Parker is a BMX racer. He gets his powers from aliens. He can talk telepathically to his master. He has a magic bracelet and a giant robot. He's fighting Kaiju. Fuck it. This is Japanese Spider-Man. We're just going to have fun. No one's going to watch Spider-Man on TV and take it seriously. This Meanwhile, was this more was... like, yeah. This, yeah. this was like somebody tried and failed yeah. badly with this. Yeah. But it's like it's like everybody had a rudimentary knowledge of who Spider-Man was, you know, like, okay, he's young. Okay. Get a young guy. Oh, some young guy. Uh, he has an aunt may. He's a photographer. He works at a newspaper. Go. (laughs) Yeah. And they wrote a fucking series like but like like only the basest outline sketch of this thing is Spider-Man. And that is why I never liked the Incredible Hulk the television show. Yeah. That show would piss me the fuck off. Because if I'm going to watch The Incredible Hulk, it better be The Incredible Hulk destroying entire buildings and fighting supervillains. But it was always The Incredible Hulk fighting some mob guys or some robbers. And that was it. Because the, the, the studio only bought the rights to The Incredible Hulk and Bruce Banner and, and 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 not to anybody else. So there were no other characters and villains. And so the Hulk just showed up, Hulk fighting bad guys, Hulk fighting the cops. And then that was it. And that pissed me off as a child. I would watch The Incredible Hulk just so I could hear the beautiful, sad end credits music. Yes. Which was beautiful. Yeah. Made me feel things. Yes. But, but so when they probably, did the- probably one of the saddest pieces of music yeah. in music yeah. history. Yeah. Oddly comes Super from the end theme of the Incredible Hulk show. <laughs> yeah. So when they did the incredible the the amazing Spider-Man TV show, they did the exact same thing. Uh uh Stan Lee sold 
CBS, Peter Parker, J. Jonah Jameson, Aunt May, and Robbie, and that was it. There's no Green Goblin. There's no Dr. Octopus. There's no D-Man. There's no anything. So it's just Spider-Man fighting bad guys and uh, ninjas with sticks. Yeah. And, and, and okay, funny. Here, here's a question that should be easy. Who are the bad guys in this movie, and what's their plot? They're ransoming, ransoming the city for money. A, 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 a common television gangster trope. Yes. <laughs> Or he's going to have people jump off of buildings with his mind control powers. Yes. Is, is basically it. Uh, he is yeah. a cult leader. He was Reverend Trask on Dark Shadows. So he was out of work for a couple of years. He was getting a little hungry. He took the Spider-Man role. Uh, my guess. Uh, he was a leader of a cult. Uh, I am imagining it was like Est, which was very popular at the time. <coughs> and he would give them this pin. Uh, and he would mind control people through the pin. So he was going to have 10 yes. people jump off of buildings uh, which was later used in a Doctor Who episode, by the fucking way. Um, Weird. But uh, Spider-Man foiled them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically the entirety of the plot of this film. I love, I love how in in this version of uh, Spider-Man. Peter Parker is bitten by a spider who came who became radioactive during the very exciting pouring Kool-Aid scene. Yes. Oh, I'm using this robot arm to pour Kool-Aid into a jar. Oh. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm, I, I I said this earlier in the podcast. Or maybe I said it earlier during the segment. I don't know. The edibles are kicking in, but Possibly. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very upset if Nicholas Hammond is not a part of Spider-Man Three, which they're filming right now. I and think he James, should. I think he James should. Fox is in it I, as Electro. Andrew Garfield's in it. Toby Maguire's in it. You got to put Nicholas Hammond in there. I think I think you should you should. Marvel as a company should have the balls to take everything from their products. It was and really impressed. Yeah, I I was really impressed with the movie Ant Man when they had uh, the first Ant Man on there from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he was on there, and it's yeah. like, oh. That, that's a great cameo to the first time a lot of people ever saw Ant-Man on a screen. So they have to show Nicholas Hammond in the upcoming Spider-Man movie and yeah. Japanese Spider-Man too. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Nicholas Hammond is still alive 
And he had a pretty big part in Quentin Tarantino's last movie. Right, okay. I remember you having spoken about this. Yeah. Yes. He was the director of Lancer. I I haven't gone back. I got to go back and watch it, but yeah. Yeah. It was Spider-Man's idea to make... uh, uh, Rick Dalton look like a hippie. Yeah. But people, but with this mustache and this uh, outfit, people won't know who I am. Yes, that's the point. And the director's all like sort of crazy and manic, and yeah, that's freaking Spider Man. Kudos <laughs> to Quentin Tarantino for for getting TV Spider Man and putting him as a major character. Yeah. In Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Yes. You know? Good for him. Several times he has done this. He has made some very interesting casting choices. Yeah. Yeah. Like the so, cast of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. 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 So, so that's all I've got for this week's movie. It's shit. And originally... We were going to spend three weeks on uh, 1970s Spider-Man because they, in foreign markets, they did put two episode two episodes together and made Amazing Spider-Man two and released it in foreign theaters, and then got two other episodes and released those as the film The Amazing Spider-Man: The Dragon Connection. Yeah. But this. But this uh, movie was so bad that uh, it was just. I think you're. I think you're. I think you're letting this movie off way too easily. I think you're letting this off way too easily. We we've. This is just. This is just one of those things to me where like it sucks so bad. I had fun watching this horrible movie. Spider Man ran down an alley. With a car following him, ducked basically into a doorway, and the car drove by. Yeah. Like, did you not notice the blue and red guy running? When the fuck has Spider-Man ever run anywhere? But that's another thing. You know? Spider-Man trying to get a cab? Yeah. After he got spit by the spider, he literally had a flashback of shit that happened five minutes ago in the same fucking movie. <laughs> you definitely that was damaging. <laughs> yeah. You definitely hated this more than I did. But I dare say. That when you watch next week's movie, you will uh, dream of going back to The Amazing Spider-Man. Because I'm trying to do a month of uh, alternate Marvel Cinematic Universes. Because we did 1990 Captain America. We did 1977 Spider-Man, and we were going to do three weeks of that, but I struggled to come up with uh, two other things instead of 1970 Spider-Man, and that's when it hit me. 
We're doing the Inhumans. Okay. A 2017 sci-fi television show based on the Inhumans. It aired on ABC. And they ABC was so certain that Marvel's The Inhumans was going to be the next big thing that the pilot episode, which was an hour and a half long, aired in IMAX theaters. <laughs> across America because that's how certain they were that the Inhumans was going to be the next big thing and also I think when you watch this you really need to focus on the fact that this came out in 2017 Yeah. in my mind I, I haven't seen this yet but it is my belief that the way this was created was oh man that Game of Thrones is popular, isn't it? Okay. Maybe we could uh, do our own sort of Game of Thrones, but in the Marvel Universe, who do we have that's a royal family in humans? Fuck it! <laughs> and so the first episode was released like a movie in theaters for people to go and see. And... Um, as far as I can tell, this is the worst. It's already on our uh, cough, cough, bunny. It is waiting for you. I apologize. I oh. apologize now. Why did he, his spider sense sound like he was shorting out? <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. I would always see the Amazing Spider-Man pilot as a laser disc at the video rental place when okay. I was very, very, very little. It would always be there in like the white. How cover. little? Because this could be considered child abuse, right? Yeah, I would see it. All, I would see it all over the place and just think, "Wow, Spider-Man as a television show—that's amazing! I want to rent it." And my parents would be like. Stevie, you don't want to watch that. So I'd hate to say my parents were right. <laughs> but uh, maybe they had a point. Yeah. So next week, we're doing the pilot of the Inhumans. Uh, ABC. Yeah, that didn't, I remember hearing about it coming up. I didn't know they actually went ahead and do it because it was looking so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, no. It is it is one hundred percent their attempt to to cash in on the popularity of a Game of Thrones by doing their own big budget epic sweeping adventure about yeah. this alien family of royalty. And uh, yeah, uh, this is pretty horrible, as far they, as I know. They just right off the bat, they just all looked so wrong. Yeah, you know, and also as far as I can tell, none of them are in any way likable whatsoever. If I'm not mistaken, the Inhumans are just horrible fucking assholes in this. Okay, I saw another podcast cover it like a like a couple of months ago, and I was like, I can put that in my back pocket if we ever need something. And well, well I don't know the. The Inhumans were like kind of one of those borderline sort of characters. Like they had their own agenda. 
which yeah. did not necessarily line up with the rest of the Marvel Universe, but often it did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I don't know what's happening next week, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But that's next week. Now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, right wing Dora, Sequest DSV, yes, Denny Dillon, um, twenty five percent of Peter Parker's have been American. I gotta say, I think that this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. Got it. This has been okay. <laughs> this has been a fucking good episode. Wow, me got a fucking. That is shocking. That's even better than damn. Wow. Is it? Is it? A, is it I totally blanked oh, out on what I usually say. It was fucked up. Yeah. Those wow. Some good edibles. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I, you know, I agree with your assessment of the show, but I didn't want to say anything because you're the person who who gives the grades. And, and I'm, I am, I am, but a, a student, and you are the teacher. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I have been Bunny Williams, and I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and Bella and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you douchewaffles and poopy tuts. And you skateboards. And you poopies. Cut and print. Cut and print. That was good. That actually cut and print. Cool. I don't have no screen. No,